Hello, I'm Kyle Pittman, and this is Kyle Pittman's World of the Occult, with your host, me, Kyle Pittman. On today's episode, a man who believes extraterrestrials live and work among us, and our only hope for the future may depend on you signing an internet petition. It's 3 a.m., I'm high on cocaine, and we're driving this train right into a mixed-up world of mystery and imagination. This is World of the Occult. Richard, hi. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I tell you, though, what's the worst food to eat before an interview? The worst food to eat before an interview? I'll tell you. Popcorn. (laughs) Yeah, and I've just ate ate a whole bag. It's it's not good. Ginny's sweet popcorn. Not sponsoring, by the way. But if they want to sponsor, you know that'd be great. Uh, it's too tasty to put down. I agree with that. But anyway, you are Richard. Uh, Richard, let me get your name here. Richard Van Steenberg. Yep. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yep. Richard Van Steenberg. Uh, you have the dis- disclose. Humanoid extraterrestrials live among us. Uh, petition. Yeah, actually, an easier way to say it's I call it the extraterrestrial disclosure petition, which is the domain name that I registered for it. So it's easier to initially um, describe it and find it. Tell us a little about your uh, petition exactly. What are you? Who are you trying to reach with this petition? Well, basically, most people, at least here in the United States, they seem to think that the United States government is the only one that's involved in terms of who you would need to get disclosure from. And what I'm trying to do is elevate the awareness of everybody that this isn't just a single, you know, United States problem. This is a global problem that involves everybody. And it's basically all the governments and all the militaries of the world that, in my opinion, know what's going on and are not disclosing to the civilian public of the world, the reality of what's taking place. So the petition has two purposes. One, obviously, if enough people sign it to be able to approach the governments of the world, obviously, I would put the United States first, but also other organizations like the United Nations and things like that, because it is a global problem, not just a single country problem. But what I'm also trying to do is, if enough people would sign it, read the terminology and understand the concepts and begin to change the dialogue that's taking place on the planet, I'm hoping to elevate the intellectual awareness of all the civilians as to what's going on so that there's basically a narrative that's taking place on the planet where the people are saying, hey, we think ET exists and UFOs exist and the governments are saying no. What I'm trying to do is inform the people that if you would start um, becoming aware of what's going on and use the right terminology and concepts, the civilians can take control of the narrative and essentially be speaking at a higher intellectual level than the governments and the militaries are and essentially force them to disclose what's going on rather than just sitting here and waiting for them to disclose what's going on. Yes, yeah, so you sort of you're so kind of what you're saying is uh, if we start using the proper terminology that uh, suddenly they'll respond. So, you know, they might say, no, you know, uh, we don't know what UFOs are, but we know what, uh, what's the term that you use? 
For the UFO, a celestial TAC-1 vehicle? Yes. So suddenly they'll say, oh, well, yes, we do know what that is. Well, and it's sort of like reversing the conversation right now. The government and militaries, they speak, if you I'm just use an analogy, like from a parent to a child, the governments and militaries are seen as the people who are the, you know, they know everything and the public doesn't know anything. We just sit here scratching our heads. So it's almost like the government and militaries are like the parents and the public is the okay, children. Okay, so it's sort of an attempt to almost uh, trick them into admitting. Well, um, put them in a position where if they want to continue to be in the conversation, if they don't speak the proper terminology and concepts and you know that the civilians are using, they're going to look silly, for lack of a better way to describe it. You have a few very interesting articles where you sort of pick apart words with subliminal uh, messages, and I want to get to that later, but first of all, um, uh, a lot of the knowledge that you have, does this come from any personal experiences? Have you had any experiences with, uh, I almost said UFOs. <laughs> um, well, the, it's so, so the UFO thing is real quick to me. It's, when people are in a casual conversation, like, you know, if you and I were just sitting there having lunch one day and we're talking and we're not trying to solve the problem, we're just, you know, discussing, you can still use the term UFO and use the term flying just to simply get across the point. What I'm talking about is, is when you technically want to really sit down and solve this phenomenon, you then you have to start be willing to be more technical. You know, the extraterrestrial race of beings are more technical than earthlings. But, um, yes, I, I might have to use some of the ancient terms just for the sake of uh, some of these are are quite new to me. Um, yeah, well, they're, they're basically new to everybody. I think I'm the only person, if you search the Internet, that's even using them. Have you ever seen a UFO? On video, so I've never seen one in real life. I think that's very interesting. Uh, I uh, actually did see uh, two UFOs in the same uh, incident uh, once. It was... Um, I was uh, at a performance of Cabaret, which, by the way, was a wonderful musical. Uh, you know, Willkommen, Bienvenue, Welcome, you know the one. But anyway, I left the this amazing production of Cabaret, which shaped my whole appreciation for musicals and set me on a path toward acting for a while. I, I did acting in college for a couple of years, you know. So I left this performance, and sure enough, there's my brother. So I meet up with my brother, and we hung out for a while. I think we may have met with a friend or two, and my brother asked if I could give him a ride home. So we started making our way to the parking lot there, and, uh, uh, well, wouldn't you gosh darn know it, there was a Red Bull promotional truck. So, uh, you know, they were giving them out for free. So I'm thinking, you know, oh, what's a Red Bull truck doing out here? this late but it's free red bull so we get our red bulls we uh begin walking to the parking lot and that's when my brother said look up and uh, we look up and there are two little stars moving in the sky it was incredible yeah very so very in unusual your, in your mind do you start then immediately associating that with hey that's probably a spacecraft from another planetary system and there's you know it's potentially alien or do you start wondering does the military have the ability to make things that they're putting up there or how does your mind try to explain that 
what was going through my mind? Uh, how wonderful that production of Cabaret was, to be honest. It was a magnificent performance by all of the actors. It was wonderful. 10 out of 10, would see it again. We will continue the interview after this short break. Cruising is a figure standing in the shadows and a voice whispering in the dark. Where are you? I'm waiting for you. Cruising is looking dangerous and being in danger. Al Pacino is the New York cop who's cruising for a killer. Cruising Certificate X at the London Pavilion and Odeon's Kensington and Chelsea now. Hello? Hi, I'm just dialing down the phone book here. I came across your name and thought I'd drop you a line. Okay, what's this concerning? Now, just hear me out. With your consent, I will start off with a bit of heavy breathing, lead into a few lines. What are you wearing? Stick your finger in your butt, that sort of thing. All whilst masturbating furiously, of course. I will climax, then promptly hang up, and you can go about your day. Uh, does that sound like something you'd be interested in or maybe might want to consider? I'd like to cast my mind back to when I was a little boy and my family went on a trip to the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida. I was a competitive child and so it comes to no surprise that I would take the Tomorrowland Speedway very seriously. So there I was, advancing the Speedway, overtaking quite a few other children when I crept up on a slightly older girl in a neon pink shirt. We were neck and neck. She looked over at me competitively and shouted, Let's see who's the slug. I'll never forget that. Let's see who's the slug. It resonated and filled me with a palpable anger. I turned my head forward, jammed my foot on the pedal, and left her waning in the dust. A humiliating defeat for this foolish girl who dared test my competitive spirit. I was victorious in seeing to it that she was indeed the slug of this tale. Now that whole story was almost entirely fabricated, but what is truth these days? That's something to think about. Is it a childhood tale about beating a girl on a Disney speedway? Is it UFOs or Bigfoot? Or is it the cold, hard reality of my engorged red asshole? And now, the gripping conclusion to my interview with Richard Van Steenberg. You also have this, um, 
these lists of words that you've sort of decoded? Do you believe that there are hidden meanings in words? Well, so if you take um, all the languages on Earth, in my opinion, extraterrestrials created all those languages and they placed them on Earth because if we were all speaking one language, it would be easier for the Earthlings to all work as a team and solve this phenomenon. So by dividing us up into 195 countries and giving us, you know, who knows how many languages there are, it keeps us all disparate. We can't figure out what's going on. But what, what the extraterrestrials have done is they put this plan in place where when they disclose to the public extraterrestrials exist, and not only that, but humanoid extraterrestrials have been walking among you on Earth the whole time, the Earthlings aren't going to want to believe it because it's too, um, it's just too amazing of a story. It's unbelievable that we couldn't have realized that. And so the extraterrestrials are going to have a problem in the sense that they need to quickly inform us of what's going on and get us to realize that it's true. So what they've done is they've pre-staged all throughout history um, words that you can translate and see they have hidden meanings in them in the sense that they actually describe the story of what they're doing. This well, a couple of be- my favorites, a couple of my favorites are uh, uh, Trump, Truth Dump. Yeah, so that would be an example. This is just, you know, again, theoretical. If Trump is able to stay in power for two terms, an eight-year period, that potentially we would be out to the year uh, 2024. So it's possible that the reason why they're putting that on there is that they plan between the year 2016 and the year 2024 when he would be in power to dump the truth onto the planet of what's actually taking place. If you use Clinton, when Trump and Clinton were running against each other, Hillary Clinton's last name says classified Intel 1, and 1 is the number 1, and the number 1 is the first letter of the alphabet A, and A stands for alien. So her name basically says classified intelligence alien in the sense that she knows what's going on too. So basically, Now wouldn't that require, though, uh, aliens to have named Trump? So this is, in this conversation, I was going to try and keep it to the basics of the petition, but, you know, maybe even you and I can talk on another time and we can have more involved discussions if you find it interesting. But in my theory, what I'm basically saying is going on is is that Earth is 4.5 billion years old approximately. That's what they estimated as. In my opinion, you have extraterrestrial beings that have existed long before Earth existed. They were up there in outer space, living on their planets, transiting star systems in their vehicles, going on about their life for uh, reasons that go beyond even the discussion that we're having right now. They created Earth and they put the Earthlings on it and they essentially scripted or put into play all the events that are taking place on Earth. When you and your other humanoid extraterrestrial buddies are walking around on the planet, They think it's funny that their name um, says something hidden in the message. Like one of the ones I like to use is we have this actor, Willem Dafoe, in the United States. And his last name, Dafoe, you could just translate into the foe, as in foe is a term for enemy, you know, your friend or foe. Yes. And so as you start reading all their names, you start to realize, well, there's no way that a person could... um, 
coincidentally get these names, they would have had to have originated. And like, even if you take my last name, Van Steenberg, if you translate that, it translates into navigate best energy. The van is NAV from the word navigate and Steenberg is an anagram for best energy. There's no way that that's a coincidence that my name translates to that. Some being created me and designed my life to ensure that I would have that name attached to me. But I, I have to know now. Now I have to know. Kyle Pittman. I, I could sit down and between now and the next time we talk, I could give you my interpretation of what I think that it says. Um, a lot of these translations are not things that I translate. It's not like a language that you know that you just know what the translated word is. You actually have to sit down and do like a linguistical analysis of, um, you know, what the word is. Well, so, with I my mean, luck, with my luck, it would translate to like a three foot hot dog. The top organization on the planet in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence is the organization SETI, correct? You're familiar with that one? Yes, of course. Well, so SETI is an anagram for is ET. So there's a hidden meaning in the word SETI that's basically saying extraterrestrials are running the organization SETI, and they called it that on purpose so that that has that hidden clue in it that I'm talking about that's going to be revealed with disclosure. So let's say, hypothetically, uh, humanoid extraterrestrials are, they come out, and uh, everyone knows about them. It's fully disclosed. Do you believe that they should have the same rights as us hardworking, salt-of-the-earth individuals? Well, so, again, this is back to my theoretical. What I think is going to happen has a lot to do with, I think they have a plan. And their plan involves what I call, they're building an extraterrestrial architecture. And that architecture not only involves Earth, but it involves all the planets, star systems, galaxies, the universe, and even beyond that in the multiverses and parallel universes and whatever else is existing outside of the universe. There is a group uh, I've sort of discovered in the fringes. It's a group out of California calling themselves the Central United Network of Truth, or CUNT, and they are attempting to form a bit of a central database where they're trying to find these uh, aliens living among us, and I guess the plan is sort of to out them and to possibly exterminate them. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I would highly recommend two things. One, you don't want to waste your time trying to identify a single um, humanoid extraterrestrial because what's going to happen is you're never going to be able to get corroboration from any people publicly until after disclosure. So essentially what you're going to be doing, I use two analogies. One, it's like looking directly into the sun. You're basically going to be blinding yourself because you're spending all your mental energy trying to answer a question that 100% can't be answered. So it's almost better to not look at a single individual, look at the group and understand the strategy and tactics they would be employing to do what I'm suggesting might be being done on Earth. And in doing that, you would be able to look at the people who are running those organizations and at least be able to say, well, it's probably a humanoid extraterrestrial or a complicit Earthling that's doing it. But you're never going to know for sure that it's a humanoid extraterrestrial. In my opinion, extraterrestrials don't die. They essentially can take their bodies and put themselves in a new body. So whether you want to use the term spirit or whether you want to use the term soul or whatever higher level form. Thetans. 
Yeah, the, um, so your body is like a rent-a-car. You're constantly switching it throughout life in the sense that the carbon-based form of your body dies. You know, I'm not, I don't know how they technically do it, but normal life on other planets means you don't die. Your body just dies and you keep, and so you can put yourself in different forms. So I call it morphine versus polymorphine. If you put yourself in an identical form where I, I could see you from the old body to the new body and know it's you, you've morphed yourself. If you take yourself, say you're a three foot tall gray with almond shaped eyes and a green body that I could clearly say, hey, that's an extraterrestrial, it's not an earthling. And then you more, you put yourself into a humanoid body that makes you look like an earthling, then you've polymorphed yourself. So you've changed the form that you've actually gone into. Well, Richard, we're about out of time, but I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure. Well, I really appreciate your taking the time. And then um, for anybody who's listened to the conversation that finds it interesting, um, the main point is if you go to that extraterrestrial disclosure petition.com, it'll take you to a link uh, on the change.org petition site where you can uh, sign the petition. And the more people that sign it, the more um, force that it gains in terms of trying to help the people on Earth become aware of what's going on. Sign the petition. Uh... It's all we can do right now. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, it was a pleasure talking to you, Colin. All right, it was a pleasure. Bye-bye. So after the recording of this interview, I was contacted by Richard, who discovered what my name actually means. He wrote, So Pittman says, Pit, E.T., Man, Uber, a Pit Maneuver. A pit maneuver is a maneuver used to change the course of a car used by police forces. So your name says someone who is trying to pit the ETs with the maneuver of his podcast. Makes sense? It certainly does, Richard. It certainly does. I want to thank Richard Van Steenberg for joining us, and I want to thank all of you for listening. Please keep sharing the episodes and get the word out. Otherwise, I may just have to kill you all with my psychic powers. Remember, NASA are liars and wake up, sheeple. Good night. Good night.